0: to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner, gets up center! Perry! Scoot!
2: Corey Perry! Well, able to take away from Solani. Giving away this-
1: Here we are, man. Eddie, the Ducks did it. They defeat the Minnesota Wild three to nothing. Ah, felt good. Feels it's, good. It's
2: over. It's <laughs> over. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Feels it's so damn
1: good. It was such a garbage win, such you know a what? Ducks win, but it was a win. It feels good, but you
2: know what? it's sad a little bit. We're all <laughs> kind of having fun with. We finally all started having fun with it, and they had to go and end it.
1: Ah, you know, we're all waiting for 13, 14, like what are we going to get Randy fired? And just, you know, wasn't meant to be uh at least now, right now. But um if this is what saved his job, my god, what a <laughs> what a steaming pile of crap of a game after the first John period. Gibson Go out there, give
2: John Gibson a handshake. Thank him for saving your job. That I don't was, was going to get fired anyway, but still.
1: That was all Gibby. That game was all Gibby after the first period, and it was a very shaky stay lock, and that's that had a lot to do with it. I feel like, but the Ducks get the win. Holy hell, we get to talk about a win tonight. We get to talk about positivity, uh, massive changes in the last twenty four hours too with this Duck roster, um, between guys being moved out, guys being called up. So new line combinations, you know, this it's it's been a wild time in Anaheim to say the least, but uh man. We get uh Derek Grant from Pittsburgh. <laughs> we
2: Number we should... one C. Elite number one C is home. And he's so back. he's
1: called. Uh we get uh um who else do we pick up? Oh uh, Michael Michael Dol Sado, He's <laughs> so... getting the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. So wild times here. Um, not massive in the in the way of bringing in game changers, I guess you could say. Derek Grant is one of them, but uh... <laughs> really,
2: man. come on, that's a reach. <laughs> Everybody loves him, but like, is he a game breaker? Ah, Bald yeah. What? In there. Twenty. Pulls off the uh, quickest retool on the fly I've ever seen, and the Ducks all of a sudden are good.
1: Oh wait, never mind. It's just John <laughs> Gibson. <laughs> It, I mean, yeah, it definitely was. Let's we have a lot to talk about tonight, man. Um, good news, bad news situation here for the Ducks as uh, we get to the starting lineup tonight. John Gibson makes the starting net. Troy Terry and Max Jones called up. I was so happy to see Jones get the call up to make his NHL debut tonight, Eddie. I thought that was fantastic for him. Um, I mean, the goals are in a the goals in the midst of like a fifteen game uh, unbeaten streak in regulation. So it's kind of crazy to to pluck them from that situation and then just send them to Minnesota in the middle of a tire fire that Anaheim is. But um I think it's cool to see them up in the lineup and you know Duchene and Sherwood were the ones that were sent down. No Jacob Silverberg and no Ryan Kessler. Kessler sent home after I don't know what happened to him. He was skating and got hurt. I, I don't he tweaked something, something bad it's happened something, to him. Yeah. Not a good look for Ryan Kessler. Uh, and Jacob Silver got his knee tangled up with Mike Green, if you guys remember, into the Detroit game. So good news, bad news situation: An injection of youth and now more injured players. But uh, I, it's exciting to see these guys come up from the goals. Um, let's let's get into the first period because this is where all the action happens, and it's it happens in a in a, just a, in a flurry, right? I mean, the first goal, Adam Henrique gets on the board uh Richie's able to circle from behind the net, able to feed Henrique right out in front and honestly, I don't know how Staylock didn't stop it, but it goes far side on Staylock for the first goal. Probably one he was just I don't know if he was too lazy to see or just didn't catch it, but uh He wasn't also, on.
2: He, he was, was not on, on. tonight. Garbage. It was a good <laughs> shot. It was a perfectly placed shot by uh Henrique, but it was a slow one. It was a floater kind of just glided oh, yeah. into the corner. It was. I don't think he expected him to shoot it, but there's no screen. There really wasn't anything else in front of it, and he didn't get a, a ton on the shot. But uh, yeah, Staloc clearly wasn't on. I uh, wasn't on in that goal. It wasn't long until they scored again, and uh, tough period for him. They wanted to give Dubnik the rest, and uh, that plus John Gibson is what lost them the game.
1: Yeah, no, I got. I got to make a mention here to, to Brett and, and Chat and Speaker Chat. Brett, the Wild had a lot of shots. Uh, did you watch Zach Parise at all? He had a lot of dangerous chances. Yeah. If not for John Gibson, I mean, really, really, um, I know the majority of them weren't great. A variety, but there was a ton of chances uh, by the Wild there to get back into the game. They just weren't able to do it. So I would, I would just tend to disagree there with Brett. But um, not too much longer after that goal, Devin Shore drives the puck to the net, and then all of a sudden the Wild start playing Josh Manson defense and let Ricard and Raquel just float all the way through the zone right through the box of, of defenders and he's able to pick up the rebound and bury it. That makes it two nothing right off the hop.
2: And he's got three goals in his last three games. He might be back. Let's he hope might so. be back. I hope so. We need him to be back. Um they haven't been pretty. One of them hit his foot. This one was a rebound that landed right to him, so but you're he's getting on the score sheet. I'm, I don't really care. And this last game we talked about how Devin Shore had a quietly good game and we didn't notice him. This was a great play by Devin Shore driving mm-hmm. to the net and he I mean the, the wild defenseman does fall but he beats I think it was Sealer to the front of the net and then gets a rebound which is perfect and Ricard Raquel just Johnny on the spot to put it in um, I don't think Devin Shore is even supposed to be out there they're just caught on the line chains because Raquel was playing with Getz tonight right so Devin Shore making things happen he had a quietly good game after that but just that play you know your things that we necessarily didn't see see from Cognano, and I don't want to throw Cognano under the bus But those are the types of plays that maybe you don't see from Cogliano and things that Devin Shore can bring to this team. He's not going to do it on a regular basis, but I really like what I saw from him tonight.
1: So you're talking in the way of the type of drive-to-the-net presence that that he shows here early on, right? You're you're, you're, Cogliano. I mean, Cogliano could make those plays, and he had, but he doesn't have the big body presence, He made those plays more
2: so like four years ago, too. Like, it's just... Devin Shore, again, like he's a similar player to Andrew Cogliano. He's just a little bit younger, and he's more apt to make those types of plays. And that's nothing against Cogliano. I, I think Cogliano brought a lot to this team, not just on but off the ice. But I really liked what I saw from Devin Shore.
1: Yeah, and that's – and honestly, I mean, Ryan Ryan Getzloff and Ricard Raquel were his line mates for over 10 minutes of the game tonight, at least five on five. Yeah. So Devin Shore, you know, getting a lot of looks. They're playing with some uh, pretty talented guys. So that always helps. Excuse my dogs. They like to bark at everything. But uh, moving <laughs> <they're> on. <along>. <laughs> I have no one to mute any of the animals. Yeah, no one else sold my house to to, uh, to protect me from the barking. But uh, the the third goal, uh, you know, Ducks get some pressure in there. And then there was an, a shot from the point by Andy Walensky. Um I don't know how the hell Brian Gibbons got a stick on it. I don't even think he was facing the puck. If he was, he would be over his shoulder. But uh, Daniel Sprong was right there as well. And that was tipped down and goes right through the five-hole. Stay lock, and that would end his night. I don't know if you could really fault him on that one, but more or less, he didn't look too good on the first ones.
2: Brian Gibbons is getting going. He's got oh, two is, goals. He, is, it, is it two is straight, he, or is it two in his last three? Is he hey, getting going? He's putting the puck in the back of the net, and that's all that matters.
1: It's he was getting a lot of
2: heat all year from everybody. As he
1: should. He's been horrible.
2: He has been, but it's secondary scoring. No matter how you put the puck in the back, the net, not he's gonna not going to do this on a consistent basis, but he's still scoring. It doesn't matter how he's putting the puck in the back. Now, this is a good play for him to get a stick on it. It's a good tip. It really is. It was going nowhere near going into the net, and he tips it down between the five hole on Staylock, who is by no means ready for that type of tip. It goes directly down from probably about neck height down between his legs. You got to give credit to Gibbons. You, yeah, he's been uh, struggling this year, and it's been a tough year for him, but he's got goals, and it's not back-to-back. I think it's two in the last three. So you give him some credit. He, he's he's
1: getting in those areas to put some, bol- uh, some pucks on the back of the net. Watch him end the season with two goals. He's not getting going. Don't don't do that. Don't try to say that. It's so harsh. Does he you just he hasn't been good. He hasn't, he hasn't been good. Been, but the last three games he's been okay. The only reason he wasn't traded and Andrew Cogliano was, is because Cogliano has substantially more value on the market. But Brian Happen, Gibbons happened. was far worse. Far worse. He's a terrible player. Yeah. Um,
2: you're just you're so bitter.
1: I'm what bitter, bitter about you. <laughs> What I don't, I don't hate the guy as a player, but he's a fourth line guy. He hasn't produced squad all the year. Um, they brought him in thinking he was going to do something, and he just hasn't done anything. So they they, got, they get these guys for speed with no hands. Like I, I don't get it. But uh, Derek Grant uh, led the
2: Ducks in faceoffs tonight. Of course, that's he did. what people in the chat are saying. Of course, Derek
1: Grant, did. Derek Grant. Derek um, Grant. Th- let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. About that line. Grant Terry. And Jones get all put together. How did you feel about that line tonight? It was our first time seeing Jones in the NHL. Um, and obviously we've seen Terry before. He's lighting up the AHL. But you, how did you feel about Grant's first game back?
2: Uh, he was good. He didn't stand out too much to me. But he had uh, a good chance Where him and Jones uh, almost. I think Jones drove the net on like a prototypical power forward type move. And Grant almost potted the rebound, but I think Dubnik made a really good save on that one. Uh-huh. So they looked pretty good. Max Jones, I thought, looked really good. He was playing his style of game, and uh, he was due for one tonight. He really he was really gunning for it, so I'm excited to see more from him. Troy Terry wasn't bad, uh, but out of the three of them, I didn't notice him as much. He made a couple plays here and there. Uh, but the one thing is he looks more confident. He doesn't look scared like he did when he was playing the first six games of the season. Sure. So that's a that's a plus. I don't know if it's going to translate to points yet. Um, again, he's not playing with guys who are really going to benefit him. Maybe if he gets a chance with Ryan Getzlaff again, but he's going to have to prove himself to get that type of chance when you look at what Daniel Sprong has been doing and he got taken off that line. And then you've got, uh, did they? I guess they glued Devin Shore with him tonight. I guess that's who they, they put up because Sprong was playing down in the lineup mm-hmm. and Andre Casha was playing with Henrique. So maybe they'll give Terry that chance. I think it's a matter of time, a couple games from now, he might get that chance with Getzlaff. And if he does ever get that chance again. He's got to take advantage of it because he was okay tonight, but out of all three of those guys, he needed to be the guy that looked really good. The way he was playing in the the AHL, he's just supposed to be the more offensive-minded guy. He's supposed to technically be the better prospect. He's the most hyped guy out of the three of them. Obviously, Derek Grant isn't a prospect, but bring him in. Um, Max Jones, I thought, was the better player. Troy Terry had a, a pretty good night.
1: Oh, I thought so, too. I, I would agree yeah. with you on all those fronts. I, I felt like Jones was very noticeable tonight's game. He played his game, right? He's a big guy. He's strong. I'm, there was like the play you are talking about where he out-hustled, out-hustled the Dallas defender the puck and was able to center it in. And Derek Grant well, got stoned there by Dubnik. So, yeah. I thought it was a decent overall night. I mean, for the most part, the underlying numbers, as a lot of people don't like to hear me say, but... Didn't show that any duck did all that much better than each other, right? They all were kind of in the same boat after the first period, which we're going to get to now. We got to get through the second and the third. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here just because it was mostly the wild making all the plays here, not necessarily the ducks, yeah. you know. So, I mean, in the second period, <laughs> I thought this puck was in the net. Did you not think it was this puck so was in the close. net?
2: Holy I, I hell. Still, I still think it, it might have crossed the line. It was, it was that close
1: really, really, really. It's close. as
2: close as you can get. It's as close as you can get, and they can't zoom in enough to really it's it's like where you might see like a sliver of white, but it's not conclusive enough to really tell if it went into the net or not. It's that close. like great play by John Gibson to sweep it out before it does cross the line fully or enough so that they can see it. but a millisecond later there's a an, enough of a white space there for them to see it and it's in the net. Uh, I. I think they called it They called it no goal on the ice, right? Right. So that that's probably why it comes back because I think if they called it goal, it, it wouldn't have been conclusive to overturn it and call it no goal. And the right. same thing, vice versa, with it being called no goal on the ice. They didn't have enough evidence to overturn it and say it was a goal. So yeah. luckily
1: it was called no goal on the you ice. You know because- that everyone in the arena was like freaking out because when they said it was no goal, I mean, I thought it was a goal. And even Josh Manson looked at Gibby. I don't know if you saw that in the broadcast. He like looks at Gibby and he's like, that. "Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think that was in." It <laughs> I didn't see
2: it until later. I didn't see it until later. And I actually pulled a gif of it, so I'm gonna have to post that up because it was hilarious. His he like he looks at him and he goes, and he goes, "Yeah, I might have been in. I don't know, but I'm gonna have to put that up because
1: that was hilarious." Oh, that was so good. He was like, "Oh, I don't know. Oh, ooh, I don't know, man. That was a close one there. Ducks survived that, um, and then Foligno absolutely buries Max Jones along the sidewall." And Jones, I mean, that was a big hit, and he was able to get up, um, look tough. I know I messaged you like, hey, did you see that? Because he went right to the bench afterwards, but he came back and no, you know, no worse for wear. Uh, I just it's good to see him get up because I felt like the Wild were really trying to goat Jones into going with someone or trying to rough him up, kind of a little you know initiation party into the NHL. I felt that was uh, kind of a target on Jones's back.
2: Yeah, I think so. But he he can withstand that. Uh, that that hit was one of them. Yeah, like he looked like he was hurting a little bit, but I think it's just one of those that sting. Felino's a big kid, so he, you know, he stung a little bit, came back. He skated. You could see him like laboring a little bit the next shift he had as well, just kind of testing it out. I think he kind of jammed his ankle a little bit, but obviously he's fine. And then even later on, uh, he got like bowled into the net, I think, by Greg Pattern and just took the whole net off. Uh, I think he hit, like slammed into the post, so luckily he was okay with that. And then Pattern comes up and gives him a punch, and he just doesn't even move and just he laughs. Just laughs. He, like, he's going to be what Perry was, like, five years ago for this team. Or, like, Ryan Kessler when um, when he was, before he got hurt, when he was a pest. Like, he's going to be the new pest for the Ducks. He's going to be the guy that gets on people's nerves. He's going to be like Matthew Kachuk for the Calgary Flames. That's what oh. he's going to be. People are going to love this kid. I mean, people already love this kid. But wait till people that haven't seen him before, or haven't got to see him in the goals or in junior, wait till they see that he brings that on a nightly basis. He's just going to piss guys off.
1: Oh, 100%. And on top of that, he's got speed, too. He's going to be that past, uh, like you know, kind of like Corey Perry was in his prime, right? But I feel like Jones is a bigger player. Obviously, he's a bigger guy. Uh, he's a stronger yeah. guy. He's got good hands, and he's- he has wheels. Uh, he's not going to get beat to a puck time and time again, right? Perry always had the dangles to get around guys because he wasn't quick. But I feel like yeah. Jones kind of has that package that's you know what today's NHL is requiring of guys who are big men. So, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting to see where his career takes him here with Anaheim. And I think it was a solid debut for him. Um, moving on here along the second period, this is what I was talking about. I mean, John Gibson, at the end of this period, had to make saves. And Koi, we went off the post. I think that went five hole on Gibson. And it yeah. went off the far side post. And then he comes up with a blocker save. Uh, without a stick, so another huge save there by Gibson to keep this, uh the, you know, this three nothing lead here at the end of the period, which could have really changed the game and the course of how this third period would have gone had the Wild were able to sneak one in there.
2: Oh, for sure. It was. I don't even know if Gibby really got a piece of that on the blocker or not because they showed an overhead and it was really hard to tell. There was a, a Wild player and a Ducks player in front of the net. I think it was Hampus Lindholm. And then he made, he puts the block out, and then the puck just kind of goes into where his blocker and those guys are, and it comes out. I wouldn't put it past Gibby to have made that save just the way he played in this game. But he gets a bit lucky on that one, that it goes five-hole and then hits off the post. Cause oh, he it's was so lucky. Out position. <laughs> it was a great pass over to Koivu, and, and a really good one-timer, perfectly placed along the ice and he just gets lucky that it just goes through him and hits off the post cuz that I thought that was in. I looked at it, he was out of position. You could tell he just kind of tried to get in front of it and I thought that was definitely going to be in. Gets lucky, but then he gets set. That's the thing about John Gibson. He doesn't doesn't just kind of languish around and not pay attention. He immediately turns around and then comes back and makes a ridiculous save. I mean, he was he was on the ball tonight. He he's been on the ball every game we, we talked about uh, the interview we had with paul campbell before the game today that we're going to release tomorrow we talked all about john gibson and his play this season and just how ridiculous he's been this year it's
1: it's, it's unbelievable the level of play he's been able to sustain yeah uh, and he had not been good during the ducks losing streak he was sub 900 save percentage if i remember correctly i was looking that up today on on, uh, on corsica he was right around 900 or just below but he he actually just came back from not being superman to being superman again so he saves the day here at the end of the at the end of the second period, going into the third kind of a slow start off and on um for either team but uh something unfortunate here happens Andre Kasha takes a face off gets shaken up I don't know what happened to him, but he didn't play after that he goes to the locker room he only played ten minutes and thirty four seconds in don't all situations tonight that's to uh, he didn't Man, come back don't. oh
2: my god i we, I don't know what to say we can't. We can't handle this. And not not an Andre Cash injury at this point. Kessler, Silverberg go down last game. Both get put on the IR. If Andre Casha and it gets announced he's injured tomorrow, what are they going to do? Call him Sam Steele? Or are they going to just, I mean, I guess Patrick Eves might be ready almost. He's on a conditioning loan in San Diego. So I, I guess that minimizes the loss a little bit. Not that he brings as much as Andre Casha brings to the lineup. But that's going to be a tough one. I mean, I think we can get over Ryan Kessler, losing him the way he's been playing lately. It is tough to lose Silverberg. But I think we are more so disappointed at the fact that it was his trade value that was going to get hurt more so than losing his play for the lineup. And it's not that he's been bad. It's just we're hoping that he's going to get traded because we don't want to lose him for nothing. So Andre Cash is a big one because he's, despite this team's struggles over the last 12 games, he's still been pretty good. He's still been the energy guy that the Ducks really need, and Max Jones can fulfill that for a while. But I don't know on how consistent that's going to be. It's going you know, the, tonight was his first game. I don't know. Losing Andre Cash is going to be a tough one if they lose him for any considerable amount of time.
1: I was just looking it up on my phone on Twitter to see if there's any sort of update, but uh, Teeford, or Elliot is not going to be, and uh, and Eric Stevens have no updates. Neither of them have tweeted in a while, so. Haven't seen anything. I mean, usually sometimes you hear like, oh, he was seen walking around the locker room and everything was fine. But uh, no updates so far that I was able to find. If anyone knows more in our chats, hit us up, let us know. But uh, that is not good news at all. That is just not good news. Um, Parise denied again Brett uh, by John Gibson in this period. Three times on the power play, a one-timer, a follow-up, and then another follow-up shot. Just two rebounds given up, but Gibby's able to deny him him all three times. Just an unbelievable play there by John Gibson. I mean, I can't wait to release that uh, interview tomorrow because all this praise for Gibby, and you guys talk about it. He comes into the night's game, puts up a shutout, and they get to release it to everyone else tomorrow. So I think you guys, uh, when you guys did the interview, you guys felt that coming along and just spread good vibes out to Gibson out in Minnesota, clearly.
2: It was great because we, when we were in the interview, we were checking up on the score. We didn't mention it, but I was looking at my phone and it's three nothing ducks. So I was like, oh boy, here we go. You know, we're ten, not even ten minutes in, it's three nothing. John Gibson playing out of his mind, but that interview I'm excited to release it to. It's going to be great because it it goes perfectly right after John Gibson shutout and the way he played. But you know, we talked about it. just looking at his underlying stats. And Paul Campbell knows so much. It, it's unbelievable the amount of knowledge that this guy has about goaltenders. It's 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 ridiculous. Like. I think we set this up like two days ago and the amount of just stats and, and facts he had prepared. I mean, he was prepared for literally every question we had and all the—and and just had extra stats that we didn't even know existed about John Gibson, about a, a site that he's helping work on. And it's unbelievable. I mean, Justin Gould saved above average, just to give a little taste of what we talked about. John Gibson is first with, I think it's 22 point something. He doubles the next highest guy, who is a, is a Robin Lehner who's at 11-something. He doubles the next highest guy and goal saved above average. That's ridiculous. John, John Gibson is just playing out of his mind, and he's going to get robbed of a Vesna because he's not going to have the wins, and he's not going to have the save percentage because of how the Ducks are playing.
0: Uh,
1: I can't wait to listen to that, too. I know you and Jay covered that one for us, so I'm excited for that tomorrow. Let's, let's uh, wrap this up here. The, it goes... Three nothing. Ducks get the shutout victory, or Gibson gets a shutout victory. Big first period by the Ducks forwards. You look at the scoring chances, the underlying numbers for the Ducks were outshot thirty-seven to twenty-three. They were chance seventeen to nine. Um, that's not good. It was ten of those in the third period. I mean, kind of score effects going into play there, right? I mean, Wilder down, they're going to push. But um, yeah. I didn't think this was a, a, a you know an amazing game here by the Ducks by any stretch. Uh, the broadcast like to say they shut it down defensively and i'm like uh, i mean i guess they just didn't look great um they like to sit back a lot they're outshot in the second period 13 to 2 um or i'm sorry 10 to 2 in the second period so i don't know overall super pumped they got the win other part of it is they need to find a way to turn their to turn their game around because it's just not there i mean no I- because of John Gibson, if
2: if John Gibson didn't play this way, and I mean yes, the Ducks had a good first period, that's fine. They had a good mm-hmm. first period against the Penguins too, but John Gibson couldn't keep up, keep up in that game, and the rest of the team just collapsed. But this could have been like that game. The Wild played a really good second period, and they are a historically this season a very good second period team. The second period is th- their best period, and John Gibson kept them in it. The Ducks couldn't get anything going offensively in that period, and then in the third, it was all Wild again. And John Gibson made some ridiculous saves. And, and the Ducks didn't really get too many chances after that. Just really after that flurry in the first 10 minutes of the, of the uh, first period. So I want to say, like, this was a good game. Obviously, they won 3-0. But I don't want to see them play like this in the next game. Because I don't think you're going to get that luck again. Unless John Gibson plays out of his mind. But, you know, I think we've said it for, what, this is game number 48. And we're saying, there's no way John Gibson can keep this up for the entire season. He, he's not going to be able to play out of
1: his mind every game. He mm-hmm.
2: pretty much does. How many bad games has John Gibson had this year?
1: Uh, it definitely, there was some. Uh, as Carlisle would put it, stinkers uh, in the twelve-game stretch. He did. He didn't have a. He didn't have a. A great game in a few. But I mean, come on, that happens to every goalie every year. So yeah. and he's and he's not sitting there behind a pretty team like Andre Vasilevsky. So I mean, Ooh. He, 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 <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> he's not. It's not like Andre Vas- Vasilevsky. Yeah, yeah, oh, I don't know about that. Freddie, Freddie's got a good forward group, but that defensive group is pretty suspect. Pretty suspect. Yeah. I mean, he did stop the most shots in the league last year, so let's They're not give. They're both great
2: goaltenders. They are. But the fact of the matter is, and it's not going to change for a long time, is that w- uh, wins and save percentage are what gets you the Vesna right now. If yeah. you have a lot of wins and a high save percentage, a really high save percentage, then you get the Vesna and And again, I keep referencing this this interview that we just had because it it fits so perfectly with what we're talking about. But Paul Campbell said he predicted the last four Vesna winners basically just off wins and save percentage. It's usually the guy who has the highest save percentage. And if it's close, it's whoever has more wins. Generally, that's who wins the Vesna over the last four or five years. So John Gibson right now, with this, I think he picked up his sixteenth or seventeenth win he's still 9 or 10 wins behind the leader who's Mark andre Fleury. Ugh. He'd have to make that up somehow and make up, and not just make it up on Fleury then but everybody else around him who are some great goaltenders in their own way. The Ducks would have to get on a roll, basically. They would have to go on a 12-game winning streak. John Gibson would have to be a part of all of them for him to even get close to catching up. And then everybody else would have to slump. So it, it sucks. It really does. But until they switch over to looking at some of the underlying stats... John Gibson it, it's going to be tough for him to win it with this team.
1: I don't even think the Ducks 7 an analytics department I, I still Ooh. think uh, I just don't. <laughs> I don't think they do. I just well, don't. Didn't we, uh, I don't know. I thought we it, saw a uh, a job ad for that one time. <laughs> if you if you if they did why would they hire Randy Carlisle to run this team? Like you look at his teams that he's coached. Uh they always say defensive first or defensive coach first. You look at the hemorrhaging of shots on net that John Gibson gets to face every night, night and night again. Um, there's a reason why he's being called a Vesna caliber goaltender. And it's not because of, you know, the old school train of thought, which is wins yeah. and w- your team's in first place. That means that goalie's great. No, that's, a, it, you know, hockey's a team sport. And, uh, you know, there's individuals in the game that can change them and, and drag their team along. And if they're on a bad team like John Gibson is, then you have to look at players like that and look at the value that he's providing. So, I mean, hey. it's it's unfortunate he's not getting the kind of recognition he has a little bit. But that's uh, really awesome of Paul to come on. Paul's a great guy. uh second so tell me if I'm on. So I appreciated him being on there uh, today with you guys. And uh, we'll get to talk all about Gibby tomorrow. But um, we have to move on here. We have so much news packed in here. Uh, we talked hey, hey. a little bit last night on Twitch. We were, we were streaming our uh, horrible, horrible three-on-three Chelsea season. Oh, all these traces are floating through. Know.
2: That was hidden on Twitch. <laughs> Nobody had to see that ever again, and now that wasn't going up on YouTube.
1: Well, let's, let's, tell, um, everybody. let's yeah, tell everybody. Let's tell everybody about if, Twitch.
2: Go ahead. If you uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, we've been just kind of streaming some NHL 19 and some other. Well, we haven't streamed other games, but we're thinking of on uh, Twitch.tv forevermighty slash um, Last yesterday, we were going to get on and just stream NHL 19 anyway. And then the Ducks decided to make, what, three trades yesterday? Auberg, Delzato, and bringing back Derek Grant. So we came in, and we were talking about that, playing some NHL 19. And we got obliterated every single game. <laughs> uh, we lost, like, 6-0, 7-1, like, 10-2. to So that wasn't fun. But talking hockey was pretty fun, and it was a, a pretty active chat. So if you guys haven't checked it out yet, um, Twitch is a really great platform. Um, it you know YouTube's great too, and we like doing our, our podcast over here. But Twitch has a lot of ways to interact with users that we really didn't realize they had. So make sure you go check it out there. We're trying to get to 50 followers right now, so that we can get in the affiliate program. And then if we do that, then we're thinking of possibly eventually moving the podcast over there from YouTube, just because of the different user benefits it has. Something we're considering. But make sure you check it out and, and help us get to that follower goal.
1: Yeah, that'd be really cool. If you guys, could, we're like we're 25 away. So, if you guys are able to hop on to Twitch, create an account, and hit follow on Forever Mighty, that would really help us out a lot. We'd really appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, if you also want to laugh at horrible, horrible NHL uh, 19 players, go watch us. True, sure. And uh, sure. you can you can check that out. That's That was fun. Thank you to everyone who tuned in on that last night. But uh, let's get to everything that we experienced last night while playing. Um, all of a sudden, people start getting traded. So that that was very interesting. Where do you want to start? Where, where do you want to start here? Do you want to start with uh, Pontus Aberg, which was earlier, or do you want to start? Yeah. You, you pick.
2: Let's start with Pontus Aberg because that was the first of the day and probably the most ridiculous one, to be honest. In, in my opinion, that was the most ridiculous one because we thought Pontus Aberg, with the way he was playing, even though he got scratched four games in a row, 11 goals in 37 games, leading scorer of the Ducks, picked up off waivers a a great story he was going to get the ducks something at the deadline and instead they got justin clues who i'm not trying to throw this guy under the bus either i don't really know what type of player he is i just know he's played one nhl game with the minnesota wild last year and he's been an ahl guy ever since he played i think a full season in in the ahl and he had 30 points in 34 games with Iowa. This year he was their leading scorer. So he sounds like a pretty good guy. I don't know if he's going to make the NHL. I have no idea. Just right now you you look at it and you thought well wouldn't getting a third round pick or a fourth round pick be better? Instead Mm -hmm. of bringing in a guy who you're essentially bringing in just to cover for Troy Terry and Max Jones being up so that the goals continue to be good. I understand wanting to do that. I understand wanting to keep the goals good because they're having a good season and losing Troy Terry and Max Jones is huge. But your goal should be making the Anaheim Ducks better. And I think getting a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick, if that was possible, would have been a better deal to get for Pontus Aberg.
1: I also feel like you know, Pontus Pontus Aberg wasn't great his last stretch of games that he did play. No.
2: No, he wasn't.
1: He wasn't scoring. He was on a, a massive slump. I think he was a minus player. Um, and then he gets scratched. So... The curious part to me is I wonder if there was something going on in the background that we don't know about because you don't just scratch one of your leading goal scorers for four games and then say the reason is compete level. That was literally Randy Carlyle's wording, compete level, and then not play him. Yep. Uh, I mean, clearly they were trying to trade him uh, you know, for those games because they didn't want him to play and get hurt, right? You don't want a trader. You don't want your asset getting hurt while you're looking to move him. So... I'm very curious as to why they did that, and then to bring a guy in that's probably just going to shuffle around the goals lineup. I don't really see him coming up to Anaheim, do you?
2: Who, Justin Kloos? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, I think he was with the team today, because they they said he was at practice, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure eventually he gets sent down to San Diego, and that's likely what's going to happen. But, yeah, I, I mean... Ike brings up or or sorry, uh, Daniel brings up a good point in our chat. He said the Aberg trade made more sense after the Ducks picked up Derek Grant. Yeah, that's kind of true because then, you know, Clouse goes down and replaces Joseph Blandisi and Derek Grant comes up and replaces Pontus Aberk, essentially, right? I mean, if you look at it in a backwards way like that, does kind of make sense. It would have made more sense on paper if it was like Joseph van for Justin Clouse and mm. Pontus Aberk for Derek Grant. I obviously you couldn't really do that, but that's that would make more sense to look at it that way. But, yeah, I, I mean, Justin Kloos, I wish him all, all, all the best in San Diego, and I hope they continue to roll down there because we want them to do good. And it's tough losing Troy Terry the way he was playing, even Max Jones. They were probably their two best forwards down there. And now you know now they're up here, hopefully going to be able to help the Ducks. But uh, a lot of the things around Pontesabra, like you said, that we can't really confirm, were that you know he was apparently not showing up for on time for practice or doing drills and he had attitude problems. I saw a lot of tweets from like fans who were saying that. I didn't really see any concrete like you know like guys. That stuff's like, always hidden in I mean? Like Writers yeah. or, or beat writers or other guys that brought you know any stories that actually came out and said that. But when enough people, usually like when there's where there's smoke there's fire, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure some of that is true. He doesn't really seem like the guy to do that. He's also not really in the. Position to do that, you would think. Like, he was picked up off waivers. He hasn't really had the best go of things as of late until he came to Anaheim. So, you really wouldn't think he's the guy that would just be able to have that much confidence that he thinks he can get what he wants. You know what I mean? He's not a Ryan Getzlaff or a Ricard Raquel who, you know, somebody was going to have attitude problems or had, you know, the wherewithal to be able to do that because of the skill and the talent they have, they would be doing it. But maybe that's what it is. Randy Carlisle said it was because he couldn't play defense, so which we, we all kind of knew already. I'm sure Bob Murray knew that when he picked him up. So maybe that is the case, and they just don't want to admit that stuff was going on behind the scenes.
1: I think that's what it was. I, I mean, it doesn't make sense to bring up uh, or to trade him for a guy and put him in the AHL, right? So, yeah. But with Kessler getting hurt, and that, I mean, I just made way for Derek Grant to come on over and slot in, right? That's kind of where he was going to fill space. So let's get on to the next trade. What, what do we have up next? Uh,
2: Michael Delzato for Luke Shen and a 2020 seventh-round pick because Michael Delzato is just a seventh-round pick better than Luke Shen. Um, I'm surprised he didn't play tonight. I thought that he was going to come in and play, honestly. Uh, he's. I think he's with the team. Oh, no, he has visa issues. That's what it was. Yeah, they said he, he was going to hang issues. back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure when he comes back, he probably plays. Uh, and then we... Probably see Andre Schuster get sent back down because he was scratched tonight. And Delzato, Del Walensky, and Larson become like the, the rotation of who they decide to play. I think they'll give Delzado a, a shot in the lineup because he is a former NHLer. He was a healthy scratch for a number of games in Vancouver. So I think they'll give him a test to see what he can do. I don't hate the trade because Luke Shen was a disaster.
1: Mm-hmm. And a
2: seventh-round pick as cover for to bring in possibly a better guy. You know, he's a UFA at the end of this year, so his salary cap doesn't really matter. And Vancouver retained 25% of it anyway. The only weird thing about this, and the slightly concerning thing is, <laughs> even with Vancouver retaining 25%, and even with some of Luke Shen's salary offsetting it, the Ducks still take on a little bit more cap, which they shouldn't be comfortably doing right now because they're already dipping into uh, long-term, injured re- long-term injured reserve relief for Corey Perry. They've about two point nine million of his contract in relief right now. So let's say he was to come back tomorrow, he actually can't come back unless the Ducks make two point nine million in space for him to come back. So are they done making moves? Probably nope. not. Not if at they all. They think Corey Perry's going to come back this season because they've got to somehow move two point nine million dollars off. You know who covers that? Jack Silverberg covers that.
1: Hmm. As long as his injury isn't long term, that's the yeah. question. What are you going to get back for that? And then I think that's probably why we saw a slowdown in moves today, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if Bobby wanted to wait an extra day, who knows? Um, I mean, he he fired off three deals in the last 24 hours, and now we're looking at, uh, I mean, the trade deadline's coming up in several weeks, so he's got time to figure it out. But that's right up when the time when Corey is supposed to return. Yeah, exactly.
2: I, I don't know. Frank brings up an interesting thing I guess we can get into right now. We'll, we've already talked a bit about Derek Grant, so we've we've kind of covered that. Um, but he says, hockey experts are reporting the Ducks are not done making trades. Moves, uh, what other players could we see on the move, especially if we're going in the rebuilding mode? Mm, that's
1: a good question.
2: Um, we've mentioned Jakob Silverberg, like, I think, 50 times. So I think that's the obvious one. Yep. Um, I don't know. Like, maybe... Montour, Manson, I I still think Fowler's being
1: moved. I I do. It's possible. I do.
2: Yeah. Joel Joel brings up Silverberg in the chat, and and I think yeah that's uh that's the most likely one. I think that's kind of I don't want to say the obvious one because Bob Murray did come out and say he's trying to resign him, which I think is a cliche thing that a general manager is going to say anyway. It's not going to say we're actively of trying course. to deal this guy. Yeah, he's not going to show his cards. Yeah, but I I wouldn't be surprised if something else was in the works. If you're trading Silverberg and not thinking of doing any moves, then you, you have to acquire either a guy who's a very low salary hit to make room for Perry to come back or get picks, which is what I would want for Jakub Silverberg anyway. I think there's a chance he could fetch a, low or a lower first-round pick or a second-round pick. I think that's possible. Or he can get out, go out and get like a B-rated prospect. Or maybe prey on a general manager like Peter Shirelli and get Yessi Puliyarvi in a one-for-one because we know Peter Shirelli loves to do his one-for-ones. <laughs> oh, and Bob Murray loves to do one-for-ones as well. Those are, it's a match made in heaven. Maybe that will happen. I would love to see Jesse Pugliarvi for Jakob Silverberg because that would just be ridiculously in in the Ducks' favors if that happened. Even if Jesse Pugliarvi doesn't meet the lofty expectations that people had for him when he was a fourth overall, a fourth overall pick, even if he does somewhat of that, that's still a great win for the Ducks. So Silverberg, yeah. A lot of people saying Fowler and questioning Fowler. Rest in peace, Captain Fowler. Give some explanation why you think Fowler is going to be moved. Because a lot of people are wondering if, if, why you're thinking that.
1: He hasn't been good. He just, The past two seasons, he's not been good. Um, he, he became a much better player when he was paired with Brandon Montour. But when was the last time we've seen that? Now, I don't see this coaching staff turning around and doing that not again.
2: Once this season have we seen that.
1: He has his his defensive like situational awareness. When he's when he's on the ice and supposed to be watching a play and develop and figure out what to do, he's caught out of play or he gets caught puck watching. He's an excellent puck moving defenseman when he has the puck. Uh he can create offense, but he's not scoring. He's not a power play quarterback. That's Ryan Getzloff. Um yeah. uh, there, he's just not the multi-tooled two-way defender that you know everyone thought he was coming into this league he had a couple of good seasons early on but I mean lately he just hasn't been good and think about this he has a modified no trade clause I'm not sure what the terms are on that but he's also making six and a half million dollars until 24 or 2024 and 2025 that's a long time to carry a guy who's just not you know getting the results You've convinced
2: a lot of people in the chat here's some of the comments it was a lot of question marks before but now there's a fair amount of comments going to this so ike says he's not producing he's not effective and they really banked a lot on him socal (laughs) hockey fan 97 says fowler has not lived up to his draft spot either which is pretty crazy when you consider most people believe when he was drafted where he was is that he fell to the ducks at that spot and they were getting a bargain and for a while we kind of thought that and now it's I like the soccer hockey fan said. It's kind of the opposite. You kind of feel like he's not living up to that draft spot. Uh, Spaghetti Stripe says, and he gets injured when we're, we need him the most. Um, I said he was definitely, yeah. I said he was definitely being groomed to be the future captain, and now he's not where he needs to be. Ricky says he's terrible at defense and he's great at forward. Um, I mean, it's 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 tough. I, I can't disagree with all of those. You know what I mean? Like some of them, some of them are true.
1: I mean, he's in the first year of eight years of $52 million. His, he has a four-team trade list he can go to. So Bob Murray literally has four teams for eight years that he can go to. Um, and I, I'm sure those can be resubmitted year by year, right? I'm, I, I'm assuming yeah. that's how it works.
2: I'm sure if they just ask him when if they're thinking of trading him, they can probably just get a, a resubmitted list at any any point, I would assume because yes. for Cam Fowler that could change at the beginning of the season t- to now right if he wanted to go to a team at the beginning of the season that was supposed to be good and now they're bad like let's say he wanted to go to Philly at the beginning of
1: the season and I mean, look at them now you know what i mean i mean Maybe. do you remember when he um you know everyone was saying that he wasn't great then they then they were saying that uh, you know he uh, it's tough for him he's got to pull around boat anchors like Stoner or BXA, right and then he and then they finally starts playing with Brandon Montour he starts looking a lot better they're reading each other Things are looking better. Brandon Montour um, might be the better defenseman, right? Yeah. That, and, and I we would think so. thought it
2: was Cam Fowler pulling up Brandon Montour for a while. Mhm. It was always like Brandon Montour can't find a partner. He he has to get, you know, put with Kevin Bieksa, he has to get put with Francois Brocheman and it sucks because, you know, we're wasting him away and we got rid of Shay Theodore. and then, you know, Cam Fowler goes out, Brandon Montour takes a huge step forward by himself. Yes, he was playing with hampers Linton, but he takes a huge step forward and, and he had a very good i think it was two weeks almost a month where he was playing really good he's still still playing pretty good he had two assists tonight,
1: so he's still playing
2: at
1: a oh I think we lost Eddie's audio there not sure what happened but yeah i know i would I would definitely say that he is he is the one for sure.
2: Brandon Montour was never really considered the guy and or being the better guy out of everybody. And uh, he's slowly, slowly getting to that point where you're considering him a better defenseman than Cam Fowler. And I don't know if that's going to make Cam Fowler expendable or not, but it's definitely pretty close to it. And I don't know. Like, let's see here. Somebody in the chat said...
1: Hey, was that my internet or your internet that dropped? I think it was yours. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, it just, like, kicked me out of the call, and I called you back.
2: I don't know, Well, I was just saying that uh, Cam Fowler, would anybody take Cam Fowler's contract at that point? I was trying to find out who said that, but um, let's see. Who said that? Who said that? Uh, Chase said, I agree that he isn't as good defensively, but would who would take uh, that contract on now? Uh, I don't know. Pat, you're all blue, by the way. You're not. Uh... I'm blue? You got to turn your camera on. I
1: did. Oh, strange. Am I back? No.
2: Oh, there you are. You're back now. Perfect. It'll pop up in the stream in a second. I don't okay. know what it is.
1: Well, I, maybe I'm having a wild Winnipeg uh, internet night again, guys. Sorry about that. That's very strange.
2: It's the rain. The <laughs> rain does everything. The rain takes out everything. People are saying, uh, Ike said, you blew it. And, I totally and did. I blue um. Yeah, I don't know. We're. I think we're back up now. I'm waiting for YouTube to get back up. There we go. All right, Pat's back. His camera shrinking and growing at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent we back. We're all good. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> Not so, sure what
2: the hell happened there. Sorry. Great guys. content here, guys. Great content. Um, I left off before you left the call. I was talking about Brandon Montour. We yeah. About how Brandon Montour was better potentially than Cam Fowler. Mm-hmm. And then Chase brought up the question: Who would take Cam Fowler's contract at this point? Um, I, th- I think a lot of people would.
1: Oh 100%. It's not,
2: it's not horrible. It's not a horrible contract. It's not a great one, but it's not it's not the worst contract in the world somebody will.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely think so. And, and and you look at um what his positives on his uh, you know, on his career are is he can skate really really well and he plays well with other defensemen who can skate well. So as long as you don't pair him with somebody that he has to try and babysit, then he should be fine. Um, which is strange this year because Josh Manson is kinda not the guy you'd think that you'd have to worry about. Manson had a good year last year, but um, they need to flip flop these defensive pairings back around and see what happens. I, I would love to see that before um, before the season's up, but I don't think they're going to do it. I, I as a, as, a, as far as like what teams would take him, I mean, you would have to think that uh, he was rumored to go to Detroit, and that's probably just because he says. Montreal's looking for a solid defenseman. I, I mean,
2: don't even know who you'd get. I mean, Jonathan Duran was playing really well and then was slumping. I don't think I'd want Duran at this point, but mm, I don't think they'd I even did give him for up a while, Because they gave up Surgachev for him. Mm. I mean, it'd be such a, a Mark Bridgman move to trade Sergachev to get a forward and Jonathan Duran and then to trade Duran for a defenseman in Cam Fowler. <laughs> that would that would be such a, a typical Mark Bridgman move. We didn't even bring this up. Alec Cox comes in the chat again. He was a A plus in the last chat, bringing up all the facts, and then he brings up it's ironic the Ducks end their streak by beating a former coach in Bruce Brodrow. We talked about this all in the last podcast. Oh yeah, even
1: mentioned that the Ducks ended the losing streak against Bruce Brodrow. Against Brucey, poor old Brucey gets a bad, bad night in net, and then the Ducks get a brilliant night in net. Look how it shaped up.
2: Yeah. Anyway, I got off topic there. We were talking about uh, Cam Fowler. Yeah, who would take up.
1: Cammy? Uh, I like. I said. I think Detroit. I think he would fit well uh, in Florida. I think he would. I think we'd fit very well in Florida. Honestly, um, who else could we? Who else could we move him out to? I'm sure Edmonton would like him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I do. You don't move him in division. <laughs> sure. She you really? Him take him.
2: If you move him, if you move him, you move him out east, and I honestly think he would play really well in the Eastern Conference. I think it's more set up for him than the Western Conference is. And and again, I'm not saying he's a bad defenseman. I just think he's not worth the contract they gave him. I think you agree with that. Yeah, 100%. And he hasn't lived up to the expectations that we had from him. So,
1: I I said it out in the beginning when he signed that contract in in June or July of 2017. That's way too much money for him. Why? Why did you feel the need to pay him? He's a 30-point defenseman. Um, he, he's not going to get in the Norris conversation, he's not I mean, I, yeah, 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 there's other intangibles that he has where he can skate well, move the puck out of the zone, yada, 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 but he's not amazing on the power play right? No. So if you're no, not no, great he's... at 5 on 5, you better be a damn good power play quarterback and set guys up, he's not that so you know, point to me where I think where you think a guy deserves 52 million dollars I, I don't know, I thought he got way overpaid way overpaid, he got cut paid, that contract he got paid in half. for
2: being a good skater
1: and the
2: potential what, hanging out in the house. Out offensively. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I hate ripping on the guy because he he still is a good player. But no, he it, is. It's tough. Sokai hockey fan says Detroit, Toronto, New York, and Chicago could be teams interested in in Cam Fowler. I think Toronto um,
1: would take him in a heartbeat.
2: Yeah, I definitely think they would, uh, but the problem is, is cap space. Uh, you got to play somebody. Uh, <laughs> no, that and you know that for sure. They wouldn't take him for for that alone. They wouldn't take him. That's but the big
1: part. You, cap space. You they got to resign their big boys on, next season.
2: They need a righty. They need a righty. They've got Gardner and Riley. I mean, if if you are trading Fowler to Toronto, you are taking Jake Gardner back probably. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know if I'd want to do that at this point. I
1: don't think I would. Uh, Oh Toronto! What to able- all those fans want to kill Jake Gardner right now? Yeah,
2: I I think I think <laughs> Toronto would do Jake Gardner and Casperri Captain for Cam Fowler. I, I think Toronto fans would be happy with that. I would be okay with it, but I again I'm not. You know, we mentioned Casper Captain on the Twitch stream the other day, and uh, you like the prospect of him possibly coming over in some type of deal with the Leafs, whether it be Fowler, or Manson, or whoever. I'm not sold on him yet. I think he's a good player, but he's 22 and he's kind of struggled to break completely into that Leafs lineup, which is very difficult to break into for sure. But if I, if I'm trading Cam Fowler, I'm either looking to get a top six forward in return, or a, a very good prospect. I don't, even, I don't even want picks. I don't want to. I don't want to risk picks on, on Cam Fowler that you're gonna miss in the draft. I want a you know an A-rated prospect or a one for one getting a top six forward and that that's it that's only where i would, I would trade camp valor because i still think he's a valuable piece of this team and i haven't seen enough of josh maher for me to say oh yeah josh maher is going to be able to step in and take his spot in a couple of years if I, I
1: knew that for sure
2: i would say yeah sure trade camp valor
1: i don't think the ducks could pull it off but i would love to see them find a way to get Nikolai Ehlers. yeah i don't know uh, he's having, on the left side. he's or, having uh, another good year he's gonna put up 25 actually, 30 goals he was struggling he
2: was struggling a lot and then he started turning it on and now he's hurt so possibly if he comes off the ir mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to remember who's on the left side for winnipeg and i think you know it kind of proves your point if i can't really remember i know josh morrissey is their one guy and then they got bufflin and true ben myers on the right side so i think they definitely could you know he could be a guy that would fit in very well there and uh, I would love Nick Ehlers on this team.
1: Younger, faster, oh, Bob cool. Murray. Younger, faster,
2: oh, Bobby. Oh, my God. Imagine, imagine Getzlaff, Raquel, and Nick Ehlers.
1: Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, they're defensive. I went to daily, daily face-off for line combos. Josh Morrissey, Jacob Truba, uh, Kulikov and Myers, Joe Morrow, and Sammy Niku. That's because Ooh, Bufflin's hurt.
2: Ooh, Kulikov. Ooh, yeah, they could use Camp Fowler. Okay, now you, you sold me on this. I don't know. That's a blockbuster if, if I could. Oh, in. hell
1: yeah, it is. Um, I, I mean, Nick, I even Nick Ehlers if, is 22. I don't,
2: if, I don't even know if Cam Fowler gets that that done alone. I no, wanna, he doesn't. You're, you're trading look, a prospect nah, for that nah, in that case. I want to I talk a little bit more about this. So Nick Ehlers, uh, it would be similar to when people were talking about getting William Nylander. You know, he's very similar in his production. He uh-huh. had 64 points two seasons ago in 82 games, 60 points the next in, in 82 games. Uh, struggled a bit early, but he's got 27 and 40 games this year, and he's currently injured. And like you said, he's only 22, former ninth overall pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm wondering what his his salary is. I think they have to re-sign him at the end of this year, or was that uh, Patrick Linea that they have to re-sign? I want to see what his cap hit is. Now. Oh, I'm
1: sure it's Line a too, right? Uh, okay, Ehlers so makes six
2: million. Out. He makes six until 2024 or 25. In the last three years, he's a modified no trade clause. That's almost a one-for-one one where maybe the Ducks have to sweeten the pot a little bit. Oh, yeah. And I would – I'm 100% on board with Cam Fowler for Nick Ayler's, And then I I would do that and take the, the swing for the fences that Josh Mahura in a, a season or two can be close to the same level that Cam Fowler is at. I'll take that swing.
1: Would you take a Brandon Montour for Nick Ayler's?
2: No because the ducks are very very shallow on the right side and yeah
1: that's tough you're
2: then promoting Josh Manson to your best right-handed defenseman Ooh. and you do not have then you then you have Suster Dochin Walensky. Uh, that's it on your right side you don't really have anything else you know John, uh, Jacob Larson's played on his off wing or his offside a couple times but at this point the only right-handed defenseman I trade is Josh Manson I I, I, I like the guy. But I think Brandon Montour, you have to keep on this team. You just have to. You have to keep. He's a he's a top four right-handed defenseman. Arguably, th- he can be a three guy in pretty much any team. You don't trade those guys away. And he's he's twenty three. You don't you just you just don't do that. You don't trade those guys away. Cam Fowler in a heartbeat, I would trade for for Nick Ayers, and I like Cam Fowler.
1: And it would but... be and let's let's not let anybody think we're crazy. It would be Nick Ayers. With somebody else, it would definitely have to be a pot sweetened deal, hundred percent. There's, I mean, there's no way that Wait, you. Wait, whose side? Oh, the Ducks would have to sweeten the pot for the Jets.
2: Okay, yeah, you said Nick Ayler and, and plus somebody else. You mean Cam Fowler and plus? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely I don't mean think Cam Fowler to too much because if they're Because if Winnipeg's making that deal, it's because they feel they need a left-handed defenseman to make them better. So you feel like then that Cam Fowler is going to make you that much better and then that lowers the price slightly. I think I think there's a possibility, a slim possibility if this trade was presented that you could swing a one for one. I don't think uh, necessarily Winnipeg would go for it because the salary is a little bit higher and Nick Gales is a younger probably better player. So maybe you have to throw in like a second round pick or or a prospect in there, not like a highly rated prospect, maybe you throw in Antoine Morand. Or you throw an even a, a lower rated prospect than that. I, I don't know. I I, I really uh, I'm mean, gonna keep some eye on that. I haven't heard anything about them moving to Gaylers, and no. uh, he's still out on the injured reserve for them. So until February, we'll have to see how that goes. But now I'm
1: intrigued. Yeah, I would love that kid on the team, man. He's a great player. Uh, where do we go from here, man? Do we we got to talk about what you know what the Ducks need to do here to kind of turn the season around? Which I mean, the only thing that's left to do is trade Jacob Silverberg, fire Randy Carlisle. Um, and probably move a, a, a you know a good defenseman. So <laughs> pretty much, it.
2: Um, Eves is on a conditioning stint in San Diego. I think we talked about. Oh, that. Oh yeah, the but...
1: bearded one uh, is being cited think... out in San Diego. We mentioned that yesterday on 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 social media for sure.
2: He should be back soon. Um, last thing, one thing I want to mention too is I, I finally wrote something, and <laughs> it's out on foxfirefeather.com. And it looks at the top five coaching candidates for the Anaheim Ducks uh, in the offseason. So, not if they're, because we all know they're not going to fire Randy Carlyle in season. So, if you want to look at the top five, it's in no particular order, but it's just the top five most likely. And it kind of throws in some of my favorite choices for that. So, make sure you go check it out there. There's some some interesting names in there, to say the least. There's, there's an obvious one, Ricard Gromberg. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows on the higher Gronberg trade we have been since before we had him on the show and then we had him on the show and it just intensified from there it's, it's diagonal- changed my
1: opinion it definitely changed my yeah, opinion I changed, was yeah. very much against yeah. having a fresh coach like that but uh, Eddie good work on that
2: so you know you know Dallas Eakins and Ricard Gronberg are on there if you want to see the other three make sure you go check out the article but uh what do you say we get into some fan questions
1: real quick just just one more one more thing here speaking of coaching changes and Eddie's article. If you guys haven't found us on Patreon, you want to support the show. Um, even, even, you know, just, just a little here and there helps for us. Everything goes back into watch parties. Everything goes back into us doing giveaways uh, like we do separate from the forever mighty three-star Jersey giveaway. Um, shout out to, uh, to Jason Gray, who signed up for Patreon here with us. Um, that Another one here. And and I know we had Daisy and Jason, All another Jason actually signed up here a few days ago. So we got three new people this month on board our Patreon who get four bonus shows, and um, it's it's fun stuff. But speaking to that article, man, uh, we get to do our bonus show here later with uh, the top picks to replace Randy Carlisle, and I'm sure there's some fun involved in those as we always do here on Patreon. But that's uh, check us out there. It's uh, Puck Guys Forever Mighty at Patreon.com. So if you want to help, that's great, and we love it. If you can't and you don't or you don't you don't want to, that's not your thing. That's cool too. But just want to throw that out there if you want to get more extra content from us. So, we can hop into questions now.
2: All right, so let's, uh, let's go to Twitter first. We got a fair amount on there. So, Ricky Bradley says, What will happen now if Kasha is out for the next two games? Ugh,
1: two games? Who was scratched tonight? Oh, oh, oh. Um, Michael, yeah, Delzada was scratched. And, dude, I had it too i have to go back and look at the they had an extra forward right the ducks tweets i have to go back and look at their tweets yeah
2: they they would have had an extra forward i think if you know who is scratched tonight let us know in the chat
1: yeah no, that would be super helpful
2: and it saves us going and looking all the way back because all right here we go uh justin cluse oh justin cluse was a spare forward <laughs> i don't think that lasts too long but maybe it does so if Andre Kasha is out, the actually only likely option who gets put in right now is Justin Kloos, because he's the only spare forward we have. Yeah, scratches so,
1: were Cluse, Delzado, and Andre Schuster. Those are the scratches, according to uh, Ducks Twitter. So
2: so it's probably either Cluse or depending on how long it takes Patrick Eves to rehab, I don't know how long they plan on having him down there. I know there's only a certain amount of games he can play in a conditioning loan. I think it's three games, because it was the same with Maxim Comtois. So I think it's three games they can have him down there. So I would assume it would be Cluse, who would be the uh, the spare forward if Kasha was out. Maybe he gets uh, or, another
1: shot. Or Pontus Aperc. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's wait. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's gone. So <laughs> that's not happening. Hey, and what's up bad. with all you fans? Eddie, you included, coming out and saying that, you know, you can't wait for Pontus Aperc to score a goal against the Ducks. Some people listen, were, like, fishing out listen. for hat tricks. It was like... Yeah, everyone calls me the pessimistic guy when I when I talk about the team or I talk about um, anything hockey-related. I'm always after people about something. But you guys really, really wanted to, like, shove a dagger in for number 13. Okay. Now, to
2: be fair, I tweeted it out because I knew it would do well. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. I thought it was funny. It did well. So I, I didn't think he was actually going to – take a take a, a get slap turnover and score between his legs with ten seconds remaining. But that was the worst possible scenario that could have happened. It would have been like I I should have what I should have put is that JT Brown was the one who passed in the puck.
0: Oh, there you that go. Would
2: have been. And and Bruce Brudreau jumped over the boards to celebrate right in front of Randy Carl. Like I could have gone over the top, but I I didn't think it was actually gonna happen. But that's how you deal with a a twelve game losing streak. You uh you got to be a little bit pessimistic, but kind of in a joking
1: way. I get but it, but I had to go after you guys for that because everyone goes, always everyone goes after me for being mean or or too upset about stuff. But I mean, come on, that's just the way it is. What else we got?
2: Sierra says, "Which trade uh, of the three trades? Which trade do you think has and will benefit the Ducks the most?"
1: Oh, oh, uh, definitely uh, Derek Grant, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's an easy one. I and I Justin
2: Cleuse is probably at the bottom of that just because I don't really know what he's gonna bring. Mm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with mm, I'm intrigued with Delzato. I don't think he's gonna do no. well. But he could can he could he be better he's than Andy Walensky? He's been healthy scratch since December. But could he be better than Andy Walensky? There's I a mean, could be better I mean, than Andy may, Walensky. Maybe. Maybe. Right? Maybe there's there's no question I'm not saying he's gonna be a better acquisition than Derek Grant. I just think I'm intrigued by what he could do. Oh, There's a God. possibility he could be somewhat okay.
1: I think you actually thought the Ducks got Matt Zuccarello, not Michael Delzato. <laughs> That's why you're excited about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Michael Delzato is a former London Knight, so I'm, I'm also biased. So.
1: anyway, he, he has a giant hockey stick, right? That guy, they call him the wizard. He carries around like a staff. Delzato? Like, yeah. Does he? No, Zuccarello. He always one has one. a oh, giant, okay. no giant hockey stick.
2: Zuccarello's like 5'8". <laughs> that's why, why they no say it's
1: I know. It's a joke.
2: <laughs> no way. All right. I think that's talking about something else, but let's, no, uh, let's move on. Um, a lot of these are just sponsors. Oh, Skid McMark's with, coming through with two questions.
1: Oh, there we go, there we go. Uh,
2: number one, do you think any of these moves by Bobby were a catalyst to beating this team tonight, or was Minnesota having a bad night? Uh, I John
1: Gibson was having a good night. Gibby had a great night, Staylock had a bad night, and Parise was robbed. Ducks played a good first period. That, that's exactly what happened tonight. I don't think Bobby had any foresight into how this was going to go. I think he was just, you know, crapping his pants, but please, please, please don't let us lose the 13th. Because if we lose the 13th, then I have to go back to the Sam Willys, be like, I really don't want to fire my buddy Randy. Like, come on, he's going to have an office job in the end of this. And, what, you know, what am I going to tell him? And all this other stuff and It makes me look bad. I mean, <laughs> it's a little bit of an exaggeration. But, but for real, uh, Bob Murray, I don't know what the hell you're doing, man. These last 24 hours have been wild. And I expect much more out of you here in, in the uh, next few weeks. Well, the
2: only move that could have been a catalyst for winning tonight, because the only one who played was Derek Grant. And I don't think he was a... A reason they won. He played good. You know, he dominated in the faceoff dot, which is great. But uh, no, none of those moves were catalysts. Even if you want to call bringing Terry and Jones up moves, uh, I don't think those they are were catalyst. obvious moves. Obvious. Moves. No, I I don't think they were catalysts to uh, to the team winning tonight. I think a lot of it was a hot start and some great play by Adam Henrique and Ricard Raquel and yeah. even Shaw Shore on the drive and then John Gibson all the way. But His second question was, do you think any of these moves are an attempt at lowering cap space to get Sylph in the offseason or to afford a few buyouts?
1: Mm, I mean, cap space didn't really move for next season, right? I mean, Pontus Aberg was not going to get re-signed come summertime. He was probably going to be shipped off at the deadline, and here we go. We're weeks ahead, and he already did. So Um, he wasn't on any sort of long-term deal. Cogliano, for sure, we talked about that. It was like a little less than a mil saved, right? And plus one year shaved off. And looking at uh, the Delzato trade, it was kind of like... I mean, what are the ducks at? You There's bring still the... some
2: salary in the short term, that's all.
1: Yeah. He's a he's yeah. UFA
2: it's The thing that's interesting for me is that I didn't think of it this way, is to afford a few buyouts. I didn't think of that. You... You shaved a year off of Andrew Cogliano's contract mm-hmm. because Devin Shore, uh, he's a UFA one year earlier than Andrew Cogliano will be, right. and you've shaved a little bit off. If you buy out Ryan Kessler, it's a it's a, like two point six, I think, over the next five or six years is what it will cost the Ducks in, in a salary cap hit. Yeah, there's a you know that that makes a big difference. Nine hundred fifty K on a buyout hit makes a difference. We are saying it's it's not a lot of room if you're looking to sign Silverberg or to bring in any other players. But on a buyout hit, if you're you're putting that nine hundred and fifty K towards that and trying to nullify that, that that's a potential. I didn't I didn't think of that. We we kinda both believe Ryan Kessler should probably get bought out yep. at the end of the season. And nothing against him but just the, the way he's been playing this year, we don't really think that he's gonna ever get back to, to where he is. And as much as we love him, you gotta think about the future of this team, right? You gotta think about is it better to have Ryan Kessler? and some more roster space to bring up guys like Sam Steele and, and Isaac Linderstrom.
1: Right. No, that's a good point. That's a really good point.
2: Um, and another question from McMarx He said, how do you feel Terry and Jones did with the big club tonight?
1: Uh, we talked about it a little bit already. Jones stood out a lot more than Terry. and yeah, Jones and Derek Grant, I thought, um, you know, for the minutes they played and how the team played overall, I thought that they were uh, better than most. Uh, Joel has
2: kind of a follow-up question to that in the YouTube chat. He says, if they play beyond expectations, what do you guys think will happen once Kessler and Silverberg return from injury? Mm. Um, that's a tough one because, they again, they don't have anybody else that can freely go down other than those two. I mean, look. So they it's, probably get sent back down.
1: It's going to get weird if the Ducks somehow maintain pace to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Then you have to That's wonder what Bobby's going to do. Is he is he somehow going to? He's he's going to have to make a move at the deadline, and no matter what, or before then. But the goals are a much better team, and if they continue to go on this this streak, um, I mean, they won without without Terry and uh, and Jones. It was it last night, so you have to loan them back, right? So you are definitely going to see a shakeup in this lineup, and. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting when Silverberg comes back. We don't even have a status update on his injury yet, though, and it's it's very uh, concerning that Kessler got sent back to Anaheim on this extended road trip, right? And then, um, oh no, there's a home game in between and then a layoff. But uh, the Ducks don't yeah. play a home game after a
2: lonely home game against the St. Louis Blues. Yeah,
1: and then a long
2: another long uh, road trip and then the break.
1: Yeah, but I could see I could really see Kessler. I had a few people tell me that our friends they think Kessler's done and that Derek Grant was brought in to fill his role. Mm, that's a good possibility here so what the wait and see I don't want to speculate no too much on, on Kessler because that, that sucks So
2: yeah no guarantee Derek Grant even sticks around after this season either yeah, yeah, it, yeah he's a UFA a, a big tryout for him and and again is it? this is the question we had last year is it worth bringing him back and blocking Sam Steele and Isaac Lindstrom that was the question of, of why they let him go before and now if you do that again I mean it all depends if you buy out Ryan Kessler as well then maybe you keep him around as your fourth line center um that's but Carter Brownie also has a longer contract, so he'll be back, and he seems to be that guy right now. So I don't know; it, it all depends on how ready they think Sam Steele is. And he has struggled a little bit this year in his first season in pro hockey. He, he, not to say he's been bad, but there's guys who have passed him, and for a while he was the top prospect in the Ducks system. And you look at how, how Max Jones and Troy Terry have kind of excelled past him down in the AHL, and uh, how he hasn't really gotten a look or haven't, and hey, he hasn't really been talked about at all. Um, since getting the start with the Ducks this year which was a bit of a surprise and then after getting sent down for not playing that great i haven't heard his name at all he's got
1: 19 point. points in 28 games so he's not no, having he's a not
2: he's point. not having a bad year with san diego i'm not yeah i'm not saying that at all i just think he was the guy right for the last i don't know two
1: years he I was mean, the guy it was him when he had 131 points for the for the pats that was a really yeah. big deal right and, and then, then he then, did very good very well the world juniors and won gold with Maxim
2: come one and yep. that was big and 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 the same thing happened to troy terry when he was winning gold with the u.s and the world juniors and he was playing in the olympics and he was doing you know playing well with denver then he came over and played a couple of games at the end of the season and i get it it's when guys are playing well and, and doing big things they kind of become the center of attention but it, it to me it just feels like sam Steele was the guy for a while, and then he's kind of fallen off. And other guys have passed him. I mean, Maxim Comtois is the guy now, isn't he? Pretty yeah. much,
1: he, he's the guy everybody's
2: talking about since his start to the season.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a lot, there's a lot of question coming up this offseason. Do you want to let these guys season a little more? I don't think we're. gonna I mean, do you think we're going to see Maxim Comtois next year in, in Anaheim? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's the enigma for me because
2: there's a lot of hype around him, and for a good reason because of what he did but he played under 10 games or i think he played 10 games with the ducks He was under 11 just under 11 to to meet that little requirement um so that he wasn't exposed for seattle and he's played four games in the ahl and the rest in junior and he had one dominant season in junior um his rookie year he played really well then struggled and then he had that 40 goal 80 point season in this uh the qmjhl last year and then Mm -hmm. he's been hurt this year so he hasn't really spent a lot of time in drummondville so I, I don't know yet. I don't know what I'm going to see from him. I think he gets a chance, but I don't know if, if he's going to do the same as what he did, and that's going to be disappointing for a lot of people. I wish him all the best, and I hope he does, but I just think some people might be let down when he comes back next year and doesn't play at the exact same level. It's going to be tough for him. I will see. Um... Chosa brings up a point that I didn't think anybody noticed, but he said, am I the only one who noticed that the Ducks multiple times on the power play successfully completed the lateral pass to the face-off guy and nobody <laughs> took the shot? Like, they were actually doing it, but nobody would shoot the puck. That's... It was happening. The power play was working the way it should, but nobody wanted to shoot the puck.
1: Eh, they were already up 3-0. I mean, why would you want to add to your lead? Uh, I don't know. All right, let's, skip, <laughs> let's get through the rest of these questions. That's um, a good observation.
2: We already talked about this, um, but I want to you know, throw a shout out for asking the question. So Daniello on uh, on Instagram said, any concerns with Sam Steele's development? Uh, no, I don't think I'm concerned. Uh, but this the hype has died down a little bit. And uh-huh. I think it, it's kind of come back down to earth a little bit that he's going to be a, a second line, a two-way center. And, and kind of like Adam Henrique, I think that's the type of player he's going to turn into. Perfectly fine. Uh, are you concerned with John Gibson's workload? Oh, yeah, 100%. For sure, yeah. I mean, Paul Campbell said it best in that tweet a couple weeks ago. He said he looks tired, and he does.
1: Oh, I like how he mentioned me. <laughs> he was tweeting and uh, today and mentioning how tired he looks.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we talked about it on the, we talked about it on the show, and he said John Gibson has uh, he's noticing a lot this season how John Gibson, after making some kind of play or a save, the puck gets uh, put out of the zone, and he immediately looks at the clock and he's like, "How much time's left in this period? I just want to get
1: out of here. I just want to die. <laughs> why am I still Why am I still playing right now?" <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely worried about the workload for Gibby. I mean, he's playing all these games, not getting the wins. He's facing an insane amount of shots. They almost gave about 40 shots again tonight. So, yeah, very yeah. concerned with the Ducks. So they're handling their net minor.
2: Uh, Just going to give a shout out to some of these guys for questions. Again, Scott and Headed sure. on Instagram said, what did you think of Jones? Been waiting for this kid for a while. Uh, again, we kind of talked about that a bit, but I was thoroughly impressed with, with how he played tonight and kind of excited to see. Uh, the, I don't know how many games he's going to get, but I'm definitely excited to see more of them.
1: I think we'll find out more once we figure out the injury situation here. So between, especially Andre Kasha now, we don't know. So yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, and then Yosep said, "Give it to me straight, boys. How long did Randy just extend his contract? Uh, probably about eight more years.
1: <laughs> at least, at least he'll uh, uh, yeah. he won't exercise. They won't exercise his option for him to coach next year. So he'll just be you know he'll he'll fire uh, Marty Wilford and take his spot. So
2: <laughs> uh, and then we, we had. One question on Reddit that I'll get to quick. Uh from Mick forty six eighteen. So didn't have a chance to see the game, only listen to the second period on AM eight thirty. Did this new look team really seem very different what, what from what we've seen all year? Or did some things just go Anaheim's way tonight? It felt like some post, a lucky bounce or two, a goal line near miss, close calls on the wild power play, Parise just somehow missing the net on a breakaway, and this game could have ended up much as it has been the last 12 games. You literally
1: it summed it up. Yeah, yeah that was that was tonight. To sum it up. We, 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 we took 20 minutes to say what rush. you said. You just shrunk that why all why up.
2: He's not having a podcast. <laughs> he summed it up in one like one paragraph he summed up this entire game.
1: 100% we, correct. He that in
2: 20 minutes and probably not as concise as that was. Nope. That is exactly how this game went. If the, There's a couple posts, the Corvue post, a lucky bounce, the goal that probably should have gone in, it probably should have counted. If it was called goal on the ice, it probably would have counted. couple close calls, Parise missing a breakaway, and uh, this could have gone a completely different way if John yep. Gibson was on, wasn't standing on his head. So, uh, great, great question from Mick forty six eighteen on Reddit because he summed it up uh, pretty, pretty much exactly how the game went for the
1: Ducks. Hundred percent, man. Couldn't have said it any better. All right, well that's it from
2: us. Um, stay tuned to our on social media because we got a couple things coming up. We're working on something. Hopefully, oh, the Ducks are I
1: can't wait to with. announce like some things that are going on with us, man. That's, that's going to be yeah, a good time. Hope.
2: We're working on something with Pucks or a Feather that hopefully we can announce in the next coming days. We're just waiting for um, just waiting for a response on a couple things. So hopefully we can get that released to you soon and, and kind of give you some more information on that. Um, as we mentioned earlier, we're on Twitch now. Right now we're just streaming games. Uh, we're doing NHL 19. We had some requests to do Rocket League, uh, Fortnite, PUBG, whatever. I mean, we're going to try and do some stuff. We all have to have the game, so that makes it a bit difficult. Uh, Jason just got his Xbox, but I think we're planning on doing Rocket League uh, next and and doing some more NHL. So make sure to check us out on twitch.tv slash forevermighty. Uh, We're trying to reach the 50 follower goal. I think we're at like 25 right now. So if you have a second, just head on over there and give us a quick follow on Twitch. It really helps us out. I gotta plug iTunes as well because uh, if you head over to iTunes and and give us a rating and review, that really helps the show as well. We do everything pretty much on like we're, it, it's ground footwork for us. It, it's just all promoting the show on our own. We have to put, post it on social media. Uh, we don't really have anywhere where we can just have a landing page for for the podcast. So any kind of review or rating on iTunes really helps the show get out there as well.
1: Uh, it goes a long way. Um, but yeah help us out on Twitch you guys I know I know it's it's, it's kind of a hassle to go and, and like go to social media maybe a thing you don't you don't always go to but if you already have the app it makes it easy go find us like Eddie said forever mighty on Twitch help us out give us a follow we're trying to hit that 50 uh, to un- unlock some you know really cool user things that uh, we can use and then people who come into our chat some cool little effects there for you guys so we're just trying to get the word out about our show and um, and put it on all over you know wherever we can. To uh, make it easy for certain people, I mean, some people like YouTube, some people like Spreaker, uh, some people like Stitcher, but uh, Twitch is a platform we hadn't really explored until we went on there and, and saw how cool and interactive it was. So, and then the last but not least, certainly not least, as they've been helping us out here for about a year now, CoolHockey.com. Go there because they have legit jerseys. You can get them customized, and you can use our promo code FM twenty FM two uh, zero at checkout. will get you twenty percent off. Uh, Your order there so go ahead and do that and if you haven't already we announce it every single game but we do a forever mighty three stars if you go on there on twitter actually they're the ones cool hockey that donate a jersey to each winner every single month eddie keeps track of all all the points so eddie will tweet out uh, about 45 minutes before the game he'll tweet out three questions you got to answer them it's a free jersey and it's easy to enter and why not? It's fun. And uh, Cool Hockey is so cool to donate a jersey to you know to our podcast for us to give away to you guys. And we love it. And uh, go check them out too. Coolhockey.com. And you know what? That's it. We're over an hour. And we'll talk to you guys. What's the next show? I'll be in San Jose uh, this weekend. At my daughter's Saturday, hockey tournament. Saturday, Sunday. Back so to back. Yeah. Eddie and Jay take over the pod Saturday and Sunday back to back. Um, those are awkward times. I think it's like a, like a, a noon and a 10 a.m. So yeah, you, stay Sunday tuned for might what be times. a later night
2: as well because I have I'm working at another game I think on Sunday, so I, it's an early game anyway. It's a noon game for, uh, Pacific time, three p.m. here. Islanders. So that would be likely we do the podcast later in the evening. It, it 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 works out that day, so I don't think many people would be listening around two two thirty p.m. anyway. Not to say you guys wouldn't show up. But uh, it'll be better for us to do one in the evening. I think that would just work better for everybody. So Saturday should be regular time. Sunday will probably be a show a few hours after the game, closer to, I don't know, around 6 or 7 p.m. Pacific time, probably something around that.
1: Cool. That's it. So stay tuned for times on that. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We love it. It's almost a year we've been doing the postgame show, and uh, all three of us can't thank you guys enough. We'll talk to you guys here on the weekend. Have a good one. See you, guys.